Welcome to the Developer Spotlight on the Full Dive Gaming Podcast. In the Developer Spotlight, we sit down with VR industry professionals. And this week, we are here with Austin Lugo, founder of Theater 42. It's currently on Kickstarter as the world's first virtual art house cinema. Austin, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, we're really excited. It's uh, it's an interesting concept. I don't think we've had we've had a VR filmmaker on the podcast before, but mm -hmm. never anyone quite in the cinema side. Before we get too far into that, though, we got to tell everybody out there, we got to say thank you to our sponsor, Asterian Products. They make awesome VR headset stands. If you want to check them out on Amazon, you can use code FULLDIVE10 to save 10% off and definitely go look them up because they take good care of us. Uh, well, we're super excited to hear about this. It's Theater 42, it's a project, you've got a vision of providing underserved communities access to local artists, playwrights, creators, and films. Can you tell our listeners more about what Theater 42 is, especially for someone who's never heard of this? <laughs> yeah, so Theater 42 is the world's first virtual art house cinema. So what that basically means is we want to provide communities across the country access to art house and independent film, while also providing access to playwrights, artists, creators, live musicians, that sort of thing. We want to bring back both the live event space that's kind of died down in a lot of these small towns mm -hmm. due to COVID and we're not able to bring back. And then also when it comes to our house and independent city, uh, cinema, a lot of these communities like here where I live in Reno, Nevada, sorry, my cat is scratching at the, the bottom of the post. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but a lot of communities like this community here in Rio, Nevada, lack access to art house and independent film, which means a lot of the films I grew up just absolutely adoring, just falling in love with are incapable to access. And even on streaming service, it could be a year, two years down the line. And often, even if they do have it, it's often on a service where you have to pay like 25, 30 bucks for each individual film, which, you know, it, it sucks. <laughs> and coming from a community that just adored cinema and I used to go to the cinema every single weekend and we'd see all these strange and weird and local films and we'd have all these different film festivals and it was a really exciting experience and I assumed when I had moved here to Reno Nevada that would kind of be a similar situation but despite a thriving film industry they shoot stuff up in Tahoe almost every single year there's no our house cinemas it's kind of been taken over by the giant chain cinema corporations and your AMCs, your Regals, your what have you. And while, you know, uh, it's great to go to a Regal cinema or what have you every now and then to see the next big blockbuster or superhero film, a lot of the smaller independent films, you know, a lot of these creators and artists who are making a hundred thousand to $1 million budget films, they're extremely hard to see. And so we started this project to bring it to these communities that may have never had access to it or for a lot of these communities because independent cinema actually used to be significantly more popular than the Regals and AMCs. And even up until 2019, most small towns and communities had these sort of uh, places or communities. But once COVID happened, you know, cinemas definitely probably hit the hardest as one of the industries just because it's a very you know you're in a closed off space there's a lot of people in a small room people think well streaming's close enough to this experience why would we go out to the theater and then the expense of buying tickets popcorn soda all these different th kinds of things and so you know these kind of uh big chain cinemas the regals the amcs all these were able to survive through a variety of just uh you know just being too big to fail as it were where these small local mom and pop shops who've been running for 30, 40, 50 years. I know back in Indiana, there was a art house cinema that had been around since the 1920s. Wow. that actually ended up closing in 2019. 
Ooh. And, um, you know, we wanted to provide something to bring back to these communities. And while eventually we would love to have, you know, an art house cinema in uh, every small community across the country, the logistics of building that is just absolutely extraordinary and uh, perhaps out of the realm of possibility in the close future. But I think by having a VR space, which means basically you can utilize any VR headset, whether using Oculus, uh, Vibe, the PS4, or any of the other uh, VR headsets, you basically put it on. We have a couple of different spaces. We have a lobby where people can kind of walk around. They can communicate with other cinephils, artists, creators. There's also a place to uh, look at local artists. So you can see like paintings, sculptures specifically built for the VR space. And then we have a black box which is basically a live event space so we do uh music musicians uh magicians live performances theater all that kind of stuff and it's a it's entirely live so that means like you know 9 p.m friday night you go to the show you're surrounded by your friends whether in the vr space or uh, our, our physical location which we're still building out at the moment but you're having a once in a lifetime experience none of it's recorded None of it's kind of backlog. You can't, if you show up late, like you're just, you miss the beginning of the set. It's all completely live. And then uh, the final part of it is the cinema itself, which is kind of uh, the most important in some aspects of it, which is we work specifically with distributors, big distributors, small distributors, mostly art house and independent distributors to show films that are shown exclusively in theaters. So, you know, it's not a film that came out on Netflix six months ago. It's not something you can find on Amazon Prime. It's something that you can only find in theaters. And so we show these kind of films for two to three weeks, depending on the popularity of the film and how much the community likes that type of film. And then along with new films, we also show at least one classic a week. So if it's something like Jean-Luc Godard or perhaps Francois Truffaut or Kurosawa or Igmar Bergman or whoever have you, we always have something kind of more... Uh, nostalgic or classic film nice awesome oh my gosh i'm so excited about this idea i actually had a dream one time <laughs> and i think this was like during pandemic times when i was like missing going to the mm -hmm. theater i had a dream that i was like going to a vr theater because i missed that experience so much so i love this idea of bringing the theater experience into vr but also still having you know that in-person experience for people that are nearby and yeah. can get there. Um, and so one of the things that I really like about going to the theater is that sense of community you get, you're in there with these people, you laugh together, you cry together, you sigh and like, you know, it's just, you feel like you're part of something when you're there. Mm -hmm. How are you going to bring that experience into a VR cinema? How does that work? Yeah. So this is something that, I fought for from the very beginning with programmers and designers and different people within the team. And what was very important to me was the cinema experience. There are a couple of different streaming services where you can watch their stuff on an Oculus or other VR headsets. I know Netflix has one, there's a couple others, but that is a very uh, private and personal experience. You're the only one in the room. It's kind of just you looking at a screen. And you know, that's fine. That's wonderful. But at that point, it's fundamentally the same as streaming a film at home. And I think the true magic of cinema is going to a theater is, you know, as you say, laughing and crying and screaming and being part of this community. And, you know, I would love to go see films back in Indiana uh, 
in a couple of different theaters that I really enjoyed because the uh, theater goers were so vibrant and loud and just, you know, experiencing it fully. And Mm -hmm. so this was something very important when we talked about the VR space, what that looks like. So when someone walks into a cinema, it's not just you sitting in front of a screen watching a film. While there is certainly an option where, you know, if you want to watch something alone or you don't want to hear others, you just kind of want to have the personal experience. We do offer that. But the the big ticket item here is the uh, the cinema experience. So when you walk into our theater, you're sitting next to other VR users. Typically, the room's anywhere between 20 to 50 people, depending on just the popularity of the film and how long we've been showing it and all that kind of stuff. And it is a communal experience in which you can talk to others, you can laugh with others, you can scream. There's also an option, you know, if you kind of get bothered by the noise, the talking, where you can turn off sound or you can talk... Uh, by location. So, you know, if you're sitting next to one person, you got, you can put yourself on a different channel. So it's just you and like some friends that you meet up, or it's just you and a couple of people you're surrounded, but you also have the opportunity to kind of hear the, uh, the global experience of sitting in an actual theater and kind of looking around and being able to see others and kind of hear them whispering and talking. And, you know, uh, we also like to add in a couple of sound effects, like the crunching of, of popcorn and soda and all that kind of stuff, which is really fun. The sound design and just, uh, puts you more into the experience. Takes you to like a real life experience. You mentioned that you're building a real life cinema theater as well. Are you trying Mm -hmm. to make the one in VR identical? Like if I was someone who'd always seen it in VR and I went to go see the real one, would I be walking into that real space? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is something that at the beginning, we weren't sure which direction we wanted to go in. And I think what we're at the point of now, now that we're finally kind of getting to the physical aspects of it, which is we kind of want to have this uh, almost be in the valley of uncanny. So the VR experience is different than the in-person experience. And there are a couple of different design setups just because of uh, the way the building is built and this kind of things. And the way we kind of want the VR space to uh, interact with the people that utilize it. But uh, the kind of art deco look to it, um, the way things are placed, uh, you know, much of the all the bigger items where concession stands are, bar, all that kind of stuff is similar. But we do kind of have a sort of more organic, constantly moving feel with our VR space. So it's something we because we have the opportunity to, you know, change it up and add different things. And in the future, we're looking to um, collaborate with distributors. And we're working with a few right now to kind of make themed spaces. So if we do sort of some sort of film festival, that's kind of like, a you know, 1950s, uh, like outer space films, or say we do like a film noir week, that kind of stuff. So adapting our VR space so it can be uh, utilized in these different aspects. But there is certainly similarities between the two. We have our same designers who built the VR space working on our physical space. So it's kind of coming from the same brains, you know, the same mindsets, the same headspace. But I would say the biggest difference perhaps for the physical space is just uh, really just like um, the way the the kind of seating is built because seating in a physical space just kind of works differently than how it works in the virtual space. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, I like <laughs> yeah, the idea does. of like themed spaces for different, um, different movies that are playing or different uh, genres. That's really fun. Uh, I've, we talked a little bit about it, but I'm interested kind of where is the VR side of this in development? Has, has people, have people been in and tried this yet? Is the app still being built right now? Where are you at? So 
as of this current moment, we are finished with our demo. So something that a individual person can walk in, kind of look around, all that kind of fun stuff. And we're starting to work with investors and distributors. There's not really much on the user end as of yet, except coming this week, we're actually going to start bringing out to some local farmers markets and testing it with the local community here in Reno. Just because, uh, again, you know, what's so important is the community is kind of the local aspects of this whole thing. So when we talked about how we were going to bring something that's very easily uh, used on a global scale, how do we still make that local? One of the big things for us was uh, beta testing it in these local environments. So right now we're beta testing it in Reno, but we're actually going to go to a couple other places early next year that also lack access to art house cinemas. So I believe Buffalo, New York, uh, South uh, Boise, Idaho, Dallas, Texas, I think, or it might be Houston. I think it's Dallas and a couple other places that we're going to next year. But the plan as of the moment is we're we're finishing up the demo which we're going to start showing to people and just kind of letting them experience it and seeing what they love seeing what they you know still need to work on and then releasing some early beta versions that uh small multiplayers which we're hoping to have out early next spring and that'll just be like you know uh we'll start showing films we'll have a couple of live events and the lobby space will be pretty limited so it'll be a very limited release but we hope for our full release to be at the latest next summer, like sometime around July 4th is what we're looking at. Great. And that's something people would be able to access on like the Oculus store or other things like that for other headsets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I believe our initial launch is going to be on Steam, but we'll have it on all the the major uh, storefronts within the year. Awesome. That's so exciting. Um, so speaking of all the development and everything, uh, we saw that your Kickstarter just launched very recently, um, has a lofty goal of $100,000 uh, by next month. Um, we've seen there's already a couple thousand dollars. I was impressed because I saw that it just started, just launched. I'm like, oh, wow, that, that's pretty good. But that is quite a quite a big goal. How are you feeling about the Kickstarter? Um, are there any um, perks for people if they're joining the Kickstarter campaign? Yeah, so the Kickstarter is something, the Kickstarter itself is something we have been working on for months, very diligently uh, crafting something that is unique to crowdfunding and unique to what Theater 42 does. The community is so important and so valuable to Theater 42. And the fundraising is really to help support the community as best we can. And the reason we came up with the numbers that we came up with is these are the kind of prices that we need to build out some of the more sophisticated uh, programming aspects of it. And then also just to be able to reach out to more parts of the community. But something that's really great about the Kickstarter itself is basically everything on there is half priced. So uh, our early access, which will be probably around $48, $50 once we have a beta is $24 on our Kickstarter. We also have a year subscription to to the theater itself, which is only $142, which will look closer to $300 when we launch, which is pretty cool. It's unlimited access. You can come to the theater whenever you want, whether you're here in person or online in the VR space. Oh, wow. Complete access to the lobby. You can see you know, a film every day. You can see a film once a month. You can see a film 10 times a day. It's wow. entirely unlimited. And then our uh, 
event package, which is similar, which is free movies and free events for a year. What's really cool about this is, you know, if you have uh, an artist that you really love that's coming to Theater 42, you basically get a ticket just immediately free. And obviously you can upgrade for uh, different things if you want to be in different spots or do different kind of things. But it is really exciting because on top of being able to go see a film whenever you want, every Friday and Saturday, typically we do live events. So you'll have a basically a place for a full year where you can see as many events as you want. So if you want to see an event every week, you want to see one once a month, if there's just like one event you're really excited for, it's definitely worth it, especially because you know tickets for these events vary greatly depending on the type of artist and the type of event. But this carries over whether you know you're going to go see a big name artist or you're going to go see a local artist who maybe has you know a, a small community of a couple hundred people. So it's a really great opportunity for people who love to go to events but don't love the fact that you know, your average ticket costs 100 200 bucks mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and then our final two are kind of just uh, similar rewards to this which is one of them is free movies for life which I know is not something that everyone wants but uh, as, as part of our community we found that there are a lot of people who would pay a premium to basically you know every time a new film comes out they can see it day of they can see it the day after and uh you know if you're someone who goes to the theater once a month and you know you expect to be alive for the next couple of years hopefully it definitely uh, (laughs) saves a lot of money in the long run and the same thing with the free events for life too so you know the ability to basically see an event whenever you want as long as you know Theater 42 continues to exist, which we hope to be a long time into the future, but it's exciting. It's uh, it's something that we were really proud of from the very beginning, and it's always exciting to kind of see people uh, come and support this project, especially at such early age, and and especially people here in Reno, you know, uh, being called and going to farmers markets and at and things, and you know, people just talking to the community, so excited about this project, so excited to. To be a part of something kind of new and big, especially here in Reno, because it's the population's kind of uh, exploded in the last couple of years just because of, well, a whole lot of reasons. But it's really exciting to kind of see this growing community of people who love film, who love cinema, who, you know, people who were born and raised here in Reno, Nevada. And remember when there was art house cinemas, there was a, a couple here back in the 80s. I remember those kind of experiences and they're just so excited to kind of get back to that. So that was kind of the the idea and thought process around building our Kickstarter campaign. Nice. I wanted to ask too, as a follow-up to that, you started kind of mentioning pricing. So how will pricing differ between the virtual reality aspect of the cinema and in person? Mm -hmm. So as far as our physical space go, it's pretty typical uh, of theaters around here. Although sometimes we like to charge premiums for more experiential type films. And what I mean by experiential type films, typically these are films that have a sort of call and response to it. So if you've ever gone to uh, a showing of The Room or a showing of Pulp Fiction uh, or or a lot of these sort of call and response kind of experience, especially when we invite uh, directors or writers or people from the team, that created the film, which we like to do all of the time, there may be a, a slight price increase just because you are uh, paying for the the experience more than just uh, seeing the film itself. But as far as the VR space, the, uh, the way it works is uh, either you can buy a subscription, which is a monthly fee, which will be around $20 to $30, and that is unlimited tickets for the month, so you can go see a, a film wherever you want, or you can buy tickets to an independent to an individual film. So say you want to go see 
I don't know, the, the next uh, Ari Aster film. So that uh, typically will be priced around 8 to $12, although we're looking to get it down to $5. One of the the big conversations we're having right now is with distributors because distributors are very hesitant of the VR space because a lot of them are sort of set in their old ways. And so getting them to move into this space is a bit of a challenge. But as we get more distributors signed on and as we kind of move forward in this process, we do hope that our virtual cinema space becomes as cheap as even like $3 a ticket. But at at this point, we're looking somewhere around seven to eight dollars for a ticket, and then a monthly subscription of twenty four dollars. Whether you're here in person or you utilize the VR space, got it. So it'll be the same cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Wow, that's really cool. I would think it would be like more for in person, but I guess it kind of makes sense that it would be the same because people that are going in will. Oh, that's another question. Will there be like concessions and things like that for the in person or the Uh, physical space yeah yeah our brick and mortar location is actually going to be a coffee bar and bar so during the mornings you'll be able to get coffee lattes that sort of things at night we serve a couple of specialty drinks and uh there's a lot of distilleries around here so all of our alcohol is going to be local local vodkas local tequilas local rums all that kind of stuff and then on top of that we will have uh you know your classic concessions your candies your popcorns your sodas all that kind of fun stuff nice Nice. now i'm not someone who's terribly familiar with art house cinemas. So when you said you're going to Boise to demonstrate this in Dallas, I would have assumed these big cities would have these art house mm-hmm. cinemas. Or is this is this something that's like gone away with time or is this something you only find in small towns? Yeah, so the art house cinema used to kind of be the the crux of the small town and for a lot of these communities they were i mean uh, similar to like the mom and pop grocery store there every small town had them because back in back in the 20s and 30s the cinema experience was very different than it is today a cinema experience was kind of seen as a whole night out so typically a lot of these places they were built Similar to theaters, there would uh, typically be a restaurant in the front. So you'd go to dinner and then you'd go see two feature films and a short wow. film beforehand. Wow. So the whole evening, you know, it'd be like five to six hours because, I mean, I guess there just wasn't a whole lot to do back in the 1920s <laughs> uh, and 30s. But, but you know, with time, kind of people want a, a shorter experience, a different experience. You know, they just want to go see a, a movie and kind of get it done. And that's when these big conglomerates sort of kind of started making their way. And, you know, they are the, sort of Walmarts or Amazons of their fields. They basically, you know, they come into these towns, they offer cheaper prices because they know they can afford to charge cheaper prices for a short term. And then they only show like the big box office, you know, uh, multi uh, $100 million grossing films, which, you know, as fun as those are, a lot of these smaller and independent films, because their box office numbers are a million or less, it's hard for them to justify charging the prices that an AMC or Regal does because, Mm -hmm. you know, each ticket just like they, they need it more because making a film is just incredibly expensive. I mean, luckily in the last few years, that uh, amount has decreased significantly, but there's still just a lot of costs that go into making a film. And so that means for a lot of these smaller time creators who don't work for your Warner Brothers, who don't work for your Disney's or the like, they've basically kind of been shut out of the industry that they grew up in and they made because the type of films they make, they're making, you know, uh, artistic films. They're making films that that come from the heart, that have a passion, that have a love underneath them. But because those films aren't 
as commercially successful as, you know, Fast and Furious 27 or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they've kind of gone out of fashion. And what's really fascinating, because uh, one of the conversations that we've had with some of our large investors is their fears. They look at kind of the way the market has gone when it comes to theaters in the last couple of years. And, you know, there's all these reports of like, oh, only like this percentage of people go to theaters now and all that kind of stuff. But if you look at the rates of people going to our house cinemas over the last five years, even though the amount of our house cinemas have gone down, the amount of people who go to our house cinemas has actually increased in the last five years. And I think that's, you know, a large part due to kind of going back to being local, you know, having these local events, these local community places. I mean, there's a couple of theaters here in Reno, but the truth of the matter is, is that for me or for anyone who goes to these types of experiences, it's really just, you know, they're all kind of built the same. They all have the same layouts. You go see the film, you love the film, but it's kind of just an in and out experience. And I mean, you know, whether I go to the theater on the north side or the south side, it's the same experience and it doesn't really matter. And the great thing about you know small art house cinemas is that every time you go to it, it's not about really seeing the film. It's about the experience that surrounds the film. The film is just kind of this small part that makes up uh, the larger whole. So there are plenty of art house cinemas uh, across the country. I mean, New York, LA, Chicago have probably a half a dozen each, but it's just really kind of when you look at the middle of America, these communities have just kind of been honestly preyed upon by these people whose only concern is making as much money as possible in the cinema. You know, how can we make the experience as, uh, you know, replicable in as many cinemas as possible, right? How can you make it exactly the same every time, no matter which one, right? Whether you're going to our theater in New York city or you're going to our theater in Los Angeles, it's exactly the same experience because they know that it works and they know that makes money. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that's all they really care about, which means a lot of these smaller films are being made less and less, even though it's easier than ever to make films. These kind of creators have been drowned out in the last couple of years because there's no one, there's nowhere for these people to show their films because if their film isn't going to gross at least $10 million, that theater is not going to show your film. And mm -hmm. so, you know, these creators who have known nothing but film who have been making films their entire life are shut out. And even people who have been in the industry for 20, 30, 40 years, because the type of films they make are uh, just not as conventional as your superhero film. They no longer have places to show these kind of things. And sure they can show it in LA, they can show it in New York city, but uh, New York and LA do not cover all of the United States. And there are you know, hundreds of millions of people who lack access to these kind of things. And, you know, the big theaters will tell you the reason that these people don't have films is because of the market, because they don't want it, right? If they wanted it, it would exist here. But the truth of the matter is having traveled this country uh, many times, I, I've learned that it's not that these people don't want these kind of experiences. It's because these, you know, big wick uh, billion dollar execs have decided that, well, those kind of films don't make money. Those aren't the kind of films that hundreds of millions of people are going to see. But mm -hmm. what's so important to us at Theater 42 is we don't care about getting hundreds of millions of people to the theater. You know, we care about each and every individual person. Like, what's that experience like for you? What's it like experiencing this film and, uh, you know, the amazing opportunity to invite these small time directors, writers, uh, creators of these films to see them watch it within a community, you know, to celebrate that experience with these other people, to see that there's people across the country who have these kind of loves these kind of desires growing up in indiana even though there were a lot of art house cinemas 
film wasn't really a career path. It just wasn't something you did. Nothing uh, is shot in Indiana because it's one of only two states now that doesn't offer any sort of tax incentive, which just means mm-hmm. like the cost of making a film in Indiana is twice as high as almost anywhere else. So wow. even a lot of films that take place in Indiana are actually usually shot in Pennsylvania. There's some that are shot in Chicago or Illinois, but most of them will be shot in Pennsylvania. And so becoming a filmmaker was never something that people did. And it wasn't until I went to NYU that I realized that there were hundreds, thousands of people just like me who love watching movies, who love going to the cinema. And it's not like all these people were from, you know, New York City, LA or Chicago. There was plenty of people from, you know, Kansas City or uh, a small town in Texas or a small town in Oklahoma. Uh, people across the world who have always dreamed of these kind of things, but were never allowed these kind of experiences because someone decided at some point that they just don't deserve it, that they're not worthy of this experience just because they don't live in New York City or LA, which I think is just, I mean, it's silly, right? It's absolutely ridiculous. I think there's plenty of people across the country and eventually across the world who deserve to have access to these kind of things and used to have access to these kind of things. But just because of the way, I guess, uh, the market has worked on on an economic economic scale, they've been... um, They've not been allowed these experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, but so many, so many things in what you just said that really uh, resonate with me. And you're talking about how basically, like these big theater corporations are kind of like. For me, it comes to like they're like the fast food of cinema. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. we're gonna bring this to everywhere. It's gonna be the same, but it's gonna be you know not necessarily something that's nourishing to people and only people in certain areas or you know maybe with more money can see these nuanced artistic films and i love that this is part of your vision so serving these underprivileged people uh serving other communities that don't have access to this um and there's all this you know in your vision what including this what is your ultimate goal for theater 42 um i see just all these aspects of you know bringing independent film to new populations and also seems like it's you know like partnering with independent filmmakers as well to um help them to bring their vision to others so how do you bring these together what what do you see for the future of theater 42 i think the ultimate dream of Theater 42 is to build a community of newfound artists and creators and cinephiles. I, I think at the core of everything is really about supporting our artists and kind of seeing the artists within us all. And even if you know, you're know you not uh, creating these masterpiece films or you know, you're, you're sculpting in a sculpture garden or you're uh, painting these wonderful paintings. We we truly admire the artistic integrity and just the endeavor of each and every person who comes and and joins our community. And I, I think more than anything, it's it's just about uh, bringing people together with a uh, a love and admiration for film. And you know, uh, it can be a very isolating experience growing up in small town America. When the things that you love, you know, the things that you admire are different or just don't really fit the mold of what's traditionally in whatever your town is, whether I know back home, it was everyone did the 4-H fairs and, and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, to each their own, but uh, I don't know, cows and pigs were not exactly uh, something <laughs> I, 
I fell in love with. But it, it's really about, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, it's about bringing people like myself, especially uh, younger communities and people, you know, who who feel like their community has left them or doesn't exist and, and show that this community not only exists, but that it's here for you, that's here for all of us. And yes, you know, being able to see these kind of films and live performances and artists is so wonderful and incredible. But I think the real value is in the building of that community and the showing that, you know, you're not alone in your love for this very particular, weird, strange, odd film, that there's a community of people who love this film and want to talk about this film with you or want to talk about this artist or this creator or whatever it is. And to bring that to communities that for no reason of their own, a lot of times, uh, it happens to be a case that a lot of these communities that lack access to arts and independent films are um, underserved communities economically. So mm -hmm. that means that for a lot of these communities, going to the cinema was um, this kind of once in a blue moon experience. I know for me growing up, we did not have a lot of wealth, but the one thing we did every Sunday, like the one thing we splurged on was going to the movie. You know, we had to eat pork chops and rice five days a week, but come Sunday, <laughs> we're going to go see a movie. And that's what we want to bring back to these communities because for a lot of these communities, they've just been drowned by the Walmarts and the Amazons, right? And and so like whenever they go into any shopping mall in their area, speaking, you know, of my hometown or here in Reno, it's like the same seven stores, which is fine. And, you know, it gets you what you need and, you know, it's affordable and that kind of thing. But if you want to go have an experience, if you want to actually go to this community, it's almost impossible to go to. And so that's really at the end of the day, what, what we're here to do. It's to build and, and cultivate that community and not so much to establish it because the community is already there. The fact, the fact is, is that there's just not really a good way for these people to communicate with each other, mm -hmm. especially in an environment that, uh, explores the cinema experience. You know, there are, uh, different, you know, you can utilize zoom or, uh, different VR platforms to kind of have an experience where you can talk to people, but this is so much more than just talking to people. It's, there, there's something magical about when you walk into a theater together, whether it's in person or in the virtual space, you know, you, you come in as a collection of strangers, you have no idea who each other are. Uh, you may be of different races, ethnicity, sex, whatever, but for those two hours, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, you're one community, right? You're all rooting for this one character. You all hate this one person. You all hope that this person, you know, dies in the first act. You all hope that this <laughs> happens or that happens. And that's really what we want to bring is we want to cultivate communities by the power of film and cinema and creators and artists. I'm getting teary-eyed here. I, I just, I really, I love this vision. I love, I'm just like thinking okay. about, um, the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once um, that mm -hmm. came out somewhat recently. And I was like, oh, this looks so cool. And it, but it's not playing at like those, you know, big theaters. And we do have like, you know, a couple little independent film um, theaters, thankfully in our town. And mm -hmm. when we saw that, it was, just, it was like you said, it's a magical experience. You go in here and it's like, it's different than all those like superhero movies. Like, you feel connected to people. There's like people bawling in the, in the yeah. theater and you're just like, Oh my gosh. Like you feel close with each other. And it is, mm -hmm. it's so important. I just, I'm so excited about this project. Um, Jay, you want to um, ask a, another well, yeah, question I, here? I see you have. 
I fully agree because going and seeing that movie, we actually went and saw it twice now in the little theater near us. And I can't think of the last time there was a movie in theaters, you know, major mainstream theaters that I would have went back and seen again. Or there's the, I can't think of the last time any Marvel movie made me feel (laughs) hardly any emotion, let alone the scale (laughs) of emotion that movie took me on. And it's, it's obvious that you have a great passion about what you're doing. You really care about this. So if anyone's out there right now and they hear this and they're like, oh, this idea intrigues me or I'm interested in this. What is the thing you want to say to make sure that they hear you and that they find you? This is your time here. Let them know. Well, I think the best way to become part of the community now is really to uh, interact with us via any of our socials. Our most popular social, or rather the one we utilize the most, is our Instagram, so just Theater42Cinema. Of course, we would love uh, any support for the Kickstarter campaign, anyone who supports the campaign. Not only will uh, have early access to everything that we do months before everyone else does, so you're going to get the beta versions, you're going to get all of that cool kind of stuff. On top of all that, one person who inserts the Kickstarter campaign will win free movies and free events for life. We call it the golden ticket. So that means, you know, if you support a campaign, there's a one in however many backers we have. I would say one in a thousand chance. So perhaps not perfect odds, but hey, at the very least, you're you're getting to see uh, great films and all that kind of stuff. But there is a, a definite chance that uh, one person, well, I guess there's a 100% chance that one person, and that person could be you, I guess. <laughs> But uh, it, it's something we're really excited about. And, you know, it's it's a $5,000 grand prize or what have you. But really what it's about is that means that you have complete access to everything that we do for as long as Theater 42 exists. And that's something that we're all very excited about. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Yeah, definitely check them out. I uh, We follow Theater 42 Cinema on Instagram. And you guys have some really fun little like mini short films kind of on your mm-hmm. Instagram that are really fun. So check them out, check out their Kickstarter. Um, yeah. Woohoo. So <laughs> exciting. <laughs> yeah. We're excited and uh, I'm excited to see this hopefully come to fruition and be in one of these when that, when it launches wide, cause I'd love to see it. It's something that I, I have very little experience with at all, but hearing about it from you makes me want to see and learn more about it. And especially after I went and saw, we saw that movie, uh, it was like, wow, this is a different experience than your typical Friday night regal loud explosions movie. <laughs> like it, it shows you that a movie can be so much more without a crazy budget because they have to rely on the storytelling and that mm-hmm. side of it. And that makes me want to experience this side of cinema. Cause frankly, between you and me, I've gotten a little sick of everything at regal lately. It's either a <laughs> remake or a sequel and I'm ready. Yep. I'm ready to see some original ideas, something <laughs> inspiring. Yeah. I'm excited. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been a delight. Thank you. I, I always love talking about movies and cinema and theater for too. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> well, if you're out there and you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube, remember we're on both. You can take us anywhere you want. There's going to be links in the description or in the show notes, of course, to their social medias, to Theater 42's Kickstarter. Check them out. Of course, if you're willing to support, if you like the idea of this, become a supporter. That's huge. And if you want to support us, give us a rating on any of the podcast platforms. That helps us out a lot, too. But I want to say thank you again for being here with us. And if you've been thinking about getting into VR, especially if you're maybe wanting to see some independent films coming to VR soon, it's time to just dive on in. Dive on in. Dive on in.